Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. had about 2,000 people and some change at the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Ownership, it is very extremely apparent that ownership just doesn't care right now in terms of getting people in the stadium. They've traded away all their best players. They've consistently slashed payroll for the last, I don't know how many years. But my friends and family, A's fans could be worse it could be the cincinnati reds who are yeah. as of this recording may monday may 2nd are three and 19 after an the off second yep go ahead the second that you took a breather in between just and waiting in the background well our third host for tonight yeah there you go Whitney. but to make it here's what makes things even worse they did do the ace treatment they did trade some of their best players or some of their better players with Sonny Gray and Eugenio Suarez and Jesse yeah. Winker, uh, yeah. Nick Castellanos left in free agency. I thought Jesse Winkler stayed. He No, Maybe he's in Seattle. That's right. Um, oh, Nick God, Castellanos so was on a pod. I think he was on the, on, um, the uh, Rose Rotation pod. Yeah. And he said uh, that the ownership – didn't even call him they didn't even call him to say hey look we can't even match we just say hey thank you for your time here we really appreciated you kind of thing nope and the team president who's also the son of the owner said well what are you going to do sell the team to who that's the other thing you want to have this debate what would you do with this team to have more profitable make more money more complete economic systems that the game exists it would be picked up and move it somewhere else. Be careful what you wish for. And ever since that went, that statement went out, they've just completely mm-hmm. tanked. So, uh, you know, guys, it could be worse. I feel like the Reds haven't spent money since like the nineties. I mean, Joey Votto when they got, has that when they, huge when they extension. Does he have? He had an extension. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why he's one? been there the whole time. Cause that poor guy's losing it. No, I, I know he's been there the whole time, but I didn't. I didn't know they had like a huge extension. That poor guy's losing his mind. Have you seen his his weird, like, 
social media presence Dude, now. He, oh no, he's one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Like interviews on sports, like radio shows. So he he mirrored a TikTok video that Doja Cat did, where she dressed up as like a sexy Ron Weasley <laughs> and did a dance, and he did the same thing. Oh really? Yeah. That's hilarious. What are you talking? That's not. That's not weird. That's fucking funny. That's like that's, that's what, exactly what I'm talking that's about. That's all he He's needs. Funny. He just needs to get through the season He's somehow. He's hella funny. Uh, even though my pipe dream would be he gets traded to the Blue Jays. I feel like. Uh, but I mean, yeah. I, I I don't I don't know. Cincinnati is such a legendary baseball town. That'd be weird not to have the Reds in Cincinnati. They're one of the oldest franchises. But uh, in in terms of uh, our team, I feel like just reality is set in. Just like the lack of talent that this team has, you know. So we knew it was coming. Um, like the pitching is still. I feel like the pitching is still above average. Just the offense is more inconsistent now. Which I have a rant that I'm going to get into that in the second half for the reason why I think the offense is inconsistent. So we can move on. And on that um, note, John Tailgate Podcast. That's Julio and I'm Chris. <laughs> We're wearing Warriors hats because we are showing our support for that team. Um via this podcast so go warriors great Dubs. Win but this is a baseball podcast yes so talk about baseball um new some new changes in the minor leagues are have uh caught the eye of uh baseball twitter today and we're going to talk a little bit about that our thoughts on it uh, we had a first no hitter of the season uh, we had a couple close ones but not officially so this is the first one um and then obviously some um more some news on uh trevor bauer um, so let's start with that, huh, Julio? Um, Trevor Bauer has been suspended 264 games, which is the equivalent of about two years. Uh, exactly. Two Hold years, on. Sorry. Do your math. Um, Do your math. I just did. 264. Three hundred. Three hundred twenty-four. <laughs> no, you're like 162. But Chris, come on. <laughs> did I say 264? Yeah, it's all good. Oh, it's all good. Um, three. I got new contacts today. Um, I'm trying them out because I went to the eye doctor and they're kind of just like all over. Got some right new now. fucking anyway. contacts. It, I I don't think it's the contacts. You know how they give you those eye drops where you like um they dilate your pupils. So they yeah, can, yeah, like, yeah, look yeah. At, yeah, yeah. That, that's just been fucking with my eyes all day, dude. It's been brutal. Anyway, I'm sure it'll be fine when I wake up in the morning. So Trevor Bauer has been suspended 324 games, which is the equivalent of two years. Um, this is all from the um sexual misconduct case conduct case that's been going on. Uh, one more woman has come forward. I think this was a couple days before. The um, suspension came down um, and with complaints. Um, so I think Major League Baseball was just tired of waiting for the civil system to step in. They needed to act, and um, they did. I, I mean, you can, you know, make what you want about this, Julio. Be, you know, listeners, your opinion on, on whether you think he was in the right or in the wrong um, in his case. But um, I don't know. It's... It's weird. I have mixed feelings on it. The more I read about it, I have mixed feelings on it. It's a. Uh, it's reminding me, you know. We're we're never going to know the true story. I think a lot. The same no. thing with a lot of stuff that we've talked about in baseball over the last few months, especially when it came to the Hall of Fame. But it kind of reminded me of uh, this the whole debate we've had when the Hall of Fame ballots or like votes went out. David Ortiz gets him first ballot for alleged, even though he's alleged steroid use, but then Barry yeah. Bonds on his final year doesn't get in, and it goes back. Mike Piazza too. Right? Yeah, Isn't and it kind of just goes back to that, you know, 
as long as you're nice, you can, you're nice to the right people, you'll get through kind of thing. Because we've, unfortunately, we've seen other players in the past who've kind of been in the same situation where Trevor Bauer, you know, was getting these allegations, who've got off scot-free. Marcelo Zuna's playing this season. He start, he's on the opening day roster, even though he... There's actual proof. He almost got in a fight with Ozzy Albies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's proof that he actually did some, he did something bad. And, uh, but he's fine. But Trevor Bauer is the one that gets kind of scapegoated with it. Um, I I get, and like you mentioned, another woman did come out with allegations about it. I can speak on behalf of uh, a lot of my Dodger friends. I'm sure you're going to say the same thing where everybody's like, well, good riddance hopefully that's it and this is over i don't know man i know like five dodger fans who were like i don't know he's coming back we could use him like they were gonna they were ready to accept him with open arms so they have dude they have to say if they really want to make another arm move like they did with scherzer and because they're kind of nervous about um about bauer not coming back they could trade somebody they'll figure something out it's the dodgers they always figure out something but it's just as a you know, as an outsider, as just a baseball fan, it's just nice that this kind of has an end to it. We're not going to see these consistent one month. Oh, he's going to be suspended. Yeah. Another month, he's going to be suspended. Yeah, I'm so over this case. I'm so over talking about it on this podcast. Yeah. it's just like you know, it, it it is what it is. And it's like I told you on the other day. I guarantee he will play again this year in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can do your research and go look it up and make your own opinion if you want. It's just, um, you know, whether it was consensual or not is, uh, very up in the air because there's a lot of evidence that shows that it is, but also there's a lot, you know, there's evidence that shows that he crossed the line. Anyway, let's move on. Um, um, <laughs> uh, first no hitter of the season, Julio, the Mets. Um, good job um uh oh sorry first no hitter of the season uh i totally blow past that you 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 just take it over from here because i'm just fucking that one up what the first no hitter of the season by the new york mets it's like the meme it says it's not about the money spider-man about it's about the mets baby Mm -hmm. the new york mets who are the best team in the national league and guess who's the best team in the american league the new york yankees the yankees the two, two best teams in all of baseball are all in New York right now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Mets, yeah, mm. dude, the first no-hitter of the season, it was a, uh, a uh, excuse me, combined no-hitter between uh, Taylor McGill, Drew Smith, Seth Lugo, and uh, Joely Rodriguez, and Edwin Diaz, uh, former... You're never going to see a... Uh, a- solo pitcher no hitter in the first two months in the modern day game that's the best way i can explain it like we haven't seen that in years and the reason is because i think like a few pitchers did it like five years ago and like all of them like hit the hit the il like instantly because of like their next start because there was something going on joe musgrove did it last year i feel like managers are just so just so like more cautious about this like Lincecum, it was like remember Lincecum threw like a hundred and forty six pitch no hitter, and then like his second start after that no hitter, he was on the IL for like four months. Like it was like a thing. 
Or it's just not. I mean, I, I think it's just not worth it. Or I've got even. Or I think it's worth it, but I think managers don't think it's not. It's worth it. Um, or uh, I can do the more relevant one for us, which is Sean. Well, it's happened far after when Sean Mania. The Sean Mania was in like May, right? He threw his in April, April twenty first. We had just had uh, the anniversary a, a few weeks ago, mm. but then um, he went had like he was done in August. He didn't finish the season. Yeah. But the Mets... Could have used them in the locker game. Do you actually believe this is for real? Do you think this is actually a a really good team? Chris Bassett has been excellent. We got to give our kudos to our guy. Scherzer's... He didn't do so well today, though. Yeah. Uh, But they... So you think this is for real? You think they're going to be able to maintain this throughout the season? Because that's what everyone's been always said. The Mets, yeah. I mean, I picked them in our season preview last episode for for them to, to take that. I was split between them and the Braves, but them to take that division. The Yankees, not so much. I'm, I, I think this is a little fluky. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule, though, so who knows. But I feel like the Yankees are a little fluky. Yeah, yeah the the rotation has been outstanding. Cole's racking up the K's over there. Um, you know, Nasty Nestor over there has also been kind of flying under the radar. I think a lot of Yankee fans have been talking about him for some time, but he's really kind of come together mm-hmm. this year. The pen is looking good. But it's just going to be like, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? What's it, when, what is it going to take? Yeah. Aaron Judge is playing out of it's his mind lately, too. So. It's not sustainable. It's just not. Like, it, like in that ballpark, when you play 82 games in that ballpark, it's not sustainable. Like Those, those pitchers are going to fuck up eventually. And I hope they do, because I'll be first in line to celebrate it. Whoa. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't even say that. I, I'm sure there's yeah. other people who hate the Yankees more than I do now. I have a softer spot for the Yankees now that um, we talk with Rich and Robbie so often about baseball. I don't know. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. I've, I've I don't known... know why, because they they help me see like the other side of it, not the like the not the uh, arrogant like ignorant fan Yan- Yankee fan. You know what I mean? Like arrogant, like annoying, like we're the fucking Yankees, bro. We fucking win every year, bro. Like they're like a lot more. <laughs> pessimistic i've heard yeah how many times have we seen oh glaber's a bomb yes yeah yeah, yeah. from one of those two (laughs) yeah it's a good impression of one of them i don't know who though uh the pitch clock this is something that has been was a part of the mlbpa this is actually kind of an old story but chris wanted to bring it back to so we can kind of speak on it we did a good well it went viral today julio it went viral today on twitter i had like three or four people hit me up separately to ask me my opinion on it so what happened today, though, to go viral? Well, it was a Rockhounds game, right? And I think it was uh, Ben Ross tweeted it. There was a batter in the Rockhounds game, and, um, you know, it's he has two strikes on him. Um, second strike goes, he... Um, kind of readjusts himself and he steps outside the batter's box. I think you can't really tell the can't the the scoreboard's kind of in the way of where his feet are standing, so you can't see if he's in the batter's box or not. But the umpire calls um, uh, a strike on him because, according to the umpire, he stepped outside the batter's box, which is against the rules. So the rule in the minor leagues this year is there's a pitch clock. Um, uh, pitcher has from when he gets the ball back, he has. 14 seconds to um like like get on the mound and and take his sign and start his windup. The batter from when the the um the ball gets thrown back to the pitcher 
has 14 seconds to be ready for the pitch. And you're not allowed at all to leave the batter's box. You can put one foot outside, but but you can't take both feet outside of the batter's box. You have to remain inside the batter's box at all times. If the pitcher takes too long, over it goes over the pitch clock, it's a, a ball gets called, an automatic ball gets called. If the batter steps outside the batter's box or takes too long to get ready to to take to take the pitch, it's uh, a strike gets called against them. Just for the listeners who don't know the rule. And what happened? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My bad. It's been um, a long so day. They folks. called a third. They called a third strike, and the batter was out. And it was the first ever in the history of baseball um, strikeout that a third pitch was a third a pitch wasn't thrown to to end because he took they he took too long. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't because he took too long because he stepped outside the batter's box, right? Because it was nine seconds. Like, I counted it. It was nine seconds from when the, the catcher throws the ball to when the batter gets back in the batter or gets back into position and gets ready to take the pitch. So I think he, I think he called, I think the umpire called, he stepped out of the batter's box. And why are we talking? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about this is there is a very, very, very high chance that this is coming into Major League Baseball next year. The studies have actually shown that. Jeff Passan had a piece uh, for ESPN where it has decreased the pitch, uh, the uh, average game time by 20 minutes while also not affecting the number of runs or scored a game. So the scoring is still Mm -hmm. the same. The game is shorter. That's kind of a win-win. But I think the thing we're going to start seeing uh, going forward is complaining. A lot of complaining from players, which... I, I understand because, you know, you're kind of completely changing the way you've been raised your whole life to play. But at the same time, you know, you've got there's I'm hoping that you're getting all the best uh, coaching or whatever it could be to make this adaption easier. The reality is we're going to get a lot of complaining like the first month of it, and then it's just going to be kosher after that. Look at look at the 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 substance checks now. No pitchers bitching about the substance check anymore. It was like a two to three week thing where they made the, they went up all up in arms and made this big deal about it. And now it's just nothing. No one even cares. It's just the umpire goes up, checks his hand real quick. It looks like they're like you know holding hands for a second, and then he keep, keeps walking. It, it's it's it it's it's whatever. It, you know what? That and there, there's two there's two sides to it. One. Obviously, the players are going to make a big deal out of it because it's different. They don't want it to happen, so they're going to try and get the public on their side. And the umpires are going to be super strict on it the first like month of the season because they need to send a message to everybody like we're not fucking around. So get with the program, and then you know a couple months later they're going to be a lot more leaning on it like they are now. Hey, let me just check your hand. All right, cool. It doesn't feel any anything. No big deal. I don't need to check your glove or whatever. It, it it's 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 the same cycle it's it's gonna be fine we're gonna get up in arms about it for a month and then we'll be over it they'll learn to adapt these guys are at least the majority of these guys are smart enough that they will learn to adapt to this i think there's definitely going to be yeah. some some bumps and that's any process man anytime you go through a big change in whatever you do on a consistent basis you of course you're going to have some red bumps in there so everybody that's yeah. Uh, sunglasses twitter you know when people have like an avatar their twitter avatar is just like this like this close to their face their sunglasses yeah it's those people those are people complaining it's like you know what who cares 
they'll freak they're they'll complaining because they they just need to say something on twitter and they're... i'm not being heard it, it, uh, yeah um I, I i would say uh you know i don't i mean do you think that we'll have a kyle schwarber level uh outburst i mean maybe but yeah i don't know which was awesome and was rightfully so because that's that a story oh yeah horribly called game yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, I, I do want to be on record that, I, and I, I think I've said this on the pod, but I want to say it now that we're talking about it in the segment. I am for this change, 100%. I've said it on this podcast before. There's a video on YouTube. I think it's Dennis Eckersley is side-by-side a video with a modern-day pitcher. I can't remember. I want to say it's Max Scherzer, but I can't remember. And what takes Max or what takes the modern-day pitcher one pitch to throw, Dennis Eckersley throws three pitches. Now, Dennis Eckersley was famously a fast-moving pitcher back in the day, so maybe it's not the best example. But they've shown other pitchers from that era, and it's, like, so much quicker. Like, the pitcher, you don't need to take a fucking lap around the mound. You don't need to, like, fucking lick your fingers, adjust your hat, like, f- cup your balls, and then step on the mound and t- and, t- and take forever to take your sign. Like, just fucking get with it already. Same thing with batters. You don't need to step out take a lap redo my gloves oh you know what you know what i i just i just you know like let's say like for lack of of good example all right i step up to the plate i watch a strike go by you know what's really gonna help me like really think about this next pitch to make sure like my mind is right so i i i predict the correct pitches that's happening if i step outside the batter's box adjust my gloves three times and cut my cut my balls yeah you know what these batters box, these batting gloves are so tight on my wrist. It's cutting off circulation in my brain to help me look at these pitches and ac- accurately depict if it's a a slider or a, a fastball. Let me loosen them up here. Oh, what? A slider goes by and I thought it was a fastball. Oh, you know what? Maybe they were just too loose. Let me readjust them, make them a little bit tighter. No, get the fuck out of here. Like, just stay in the batters box. Think about your game plan and get ready for the next pitch. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that'll show them. You're not going to throw that pitch on me now because I rotated my bat 10 times. Only player that can do that is Ichiro. But I'll be okay. I'm just saying, like, you think that cupping your balls and readjusting your batting gloves is going to help you, like, (laughs) predict the next pitch pitch better? Like, I mean, come on. Get the fuck out of here, dude. All right, folks. Coming up next on Ball Adjustment, we're going to be talking to the Ball Adjustment podcast. It's going to be the spinoff show. And that's all and that's all of our stuff we got for the big three. Now I'll move on to what our real bread and butter is. A's news. And that's the fir- and also that's the first rant of an of hopefully two, maybe three rants this podcast. Ooh, Chris feeling ranty. <laughs> yeah, after today's game I do feel a little ranty too. Uh great news. The A's have passed a huge hurdle when it comes to the Howard Terminal project. Uh the Bay uh, Conservation and Development Commission staff recommended moving forward with the A's new potential ballpark at Howard's Terminal. What this means is that after a review, they have determined that the believe that the best use of this space, whether it be a, you know, what it's being used for right now, which is a, you know, quote unquote shipping to the ballpark would actually be the better long-term project for the area. And We've really needed some sort of positive news like, like this, and thank God. Uh, essentially, I mean, you can follow Casey Pratt to get more info on this, as we say all the time. But it, the basically, they, what they said is that the A's ballpark is better for the environment 
in the in the bay and specifically that area in the water than what the what it currently the port is being used for. Currently the port is polluting quite a bit into the bay. And they believe that the A's ballpark um, project will be a much better for the environment, much better for everything over there, the marine life and everything. You know. um, and the only reason why this is such a big hurdle was a month ago, a report came out that um, they were not leaning towards that, that they thought it would be worse. But, um, you know, numbers never lie. And they did some research and overwhelmingly it's uh, it's better for it. It's interesting that this story came out. Um, for those of you that watched late last week's night with John Oliver, he actually had a pretty interesting piece last night where he was talking about uh, environmental racism and how a lot of the areas that are have been affected throughout lifelong pollution have been, you know, more underprivileged, more lower income areas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, he didn't talk about it. And I wish he did, even though. You know, what does a ballpark mean to him? But uh, this is kind of the same measurement. West Oakland has a long history of being polluted because of what Schnitzer still has, has kind of put out into that air region. I know when we had Mason on this podcast, oh God, almost two years ago now. Uh, yeah, that was a fucking while yeah, ago, dude. That was one of our main talk, one of the big talking points is like, there. why would you keep using the space when you're just kind of using it to continuously harm the people of that area? When you yeah. could, you know, provide work, you can provide jobs, a kind of a more of a safer area. And I'm glad that this is the step. There's still work to be done. Of course, you're going to still hear a lot of conversations about the uh, number of people who are going to the games, which we're going to be hearing that forever. Uh, the flirting with Vegas, but just try your best to just clear up that noise and focus on some of the light that we're seeing. And this is one of them. So. Julio, I don't think the boycott's going to be over until shovels are in the ground. Oh, the 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 boycott. I, I, you know, the boycott by A's fans. Yeah, I don't I don't think people are going to start going until there's a, like, you know, there's proof that they're staying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't I don't, don't blame, blame them too. It's 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 uh it's discouraging. It's very discouraging. At least we at least if there's yeah. not uh, if there isn't shovels on the ground, at least like hand or like ink to paper very cut and dry it's happening stuff yeah but until then we're going to keep losing prime players like the latest induction into our former oakland great (laughs) hall of fame chris hit the music yusmero alberto batit alberto that's a cool name yeah 2017 through 2021 for almost every year he was in Oakland, besides last year, he had a sub three, or 2018, I'm sorry, sub three ERA or better. And every year That's besides last year. That's right. Our old friend Yusmira Petit has signed a minor league contract to reunite with our older old, our older, uh, old friend, Bob Melvin. In other words, Bob Melvin's going to finish the job. He's going to kill Yusmero Petit on the baseball diamond. He's going to make him pitch 120 games. I can't wait. You mean the you mean the uh, Oakland A's SoCal? SoCal A's. Yeah, we got, let's see. Manaya, Petit, Profar. 
Anybody else? There's more, but I'm blanking. Yeah. Um, you know, no, nothing much we can really talk about with this move. I, but I just, it's great to see that he's still getting work and that he's getting work because it's an old friend who still trusts him in those moments. Oh, and the Mets. I forgot. I had this joke earlier. I fucked. I fucked it up. Oh. Oakland, A's, Oakland A's East was what I was going to call the Mets. Oh, totally. Yeah. A's East. Anyway, Yusmero Petit, I thought he was going to retire for sure. I I'm for shocked. sure thought he was going to retire, too. I thought he did. Like, I, I thought there was an announcement and everything. I I was like, what? Oh, okay. Cool. He's coming out of retirement. Ah, one more. Former Oakland great. <clears throat> and it goes back to this original topic. Trace Thompson. Brother of, four, mm. of current warrior legend. Clay He's Thompson. on the Padres? That dude's been everywhere. That was cool. Yeah, I, I really hoped. I love that. Remember that catch he made in center field? That I think sick. Clay was at the game, too. It was great. No, Clay, Clay wasn't at the game. He was watching at home, but he posted a video. And like he saw it, and he goes, no, no, no. Oh, it's right. like the, the Matumbo. Yeah. It's so great. Uh, I was actually at a Dodgers game where uh, when Trace Thompson was on the team. And he hit a walk-off, a fucking walk-off dude, home run. Dude, if he didn't get hurt, he had a lot of potential. If he didn't get, I think, I forgot. He's a big dude. Tommy John or something. Yeah. I mean, He's fast. Yeah, and, and honestly, honestly, it's it, this is kind of mean to say, but what a kind of nice life to live where you don't really have to worry about the financial obligations of just working through the minor leagues because, you know, your family's kind of set for life. And well, he could just I mean, go play he grew ball. Up rich because he grew up rich. His dad was Michael exactly. Thompson no, exactly. That's what I'm Lakers. saying. Yeah, but that's kind of yeah. nice, right? Like, yeah, I don't care that I'm yeah not making any money. One hundred percent. All right. Anyway, back anyway. to some more uh, minor league talk. Uh, <laughs> Katie Nolan's favorite player, yeah, uh, Mickey Mac. Mac. Mickey Mac. Sorry, Katie. Sent down. To maybe AAA. you can. Maybe maybe he'll come up again one day, and you can you'll get excited. So. One day, but also a corresponding move. Uh, Austin Allen has been DFA'd. Bro, bring up Shea already. Get him fucking hitting dingers sure. for the A's, man. My God, I know it. They're just betting court's been better, so it's like, and Stephen Vogt's gonna be coming back not too like in a couple days, so it's like, all right, we can't have four catchers on the roster. Let's have you go through the system. If you, someone picks you up. You know, good for you if not, whatever. But fucking hell, dude, we we could use Shea Langelier so bad in our lineup right now. You know, in retrospective too, so he's got eight fucking home runs already. Oh my god, he looks so good, dude. Like that, if that's not ready for the big leagues, I don't know what is. I want him up already. He looks awesome he can give it'll be he could dh and then he'll give murph a day or two arrest and he'll be elite on defense when he is i mean and we don't have to give up a shit bat batting spot in the order i mean what are we doing here dude imagine him hitting murph hitting third him hitting fourth how would be like the best catcher batting duo in fucking major league baseball history no, I was just about to say, like, how many catcher duos can he save? Done that, how many have had that opportunity too? So that'll be pretty interesting if that happens. But with the, it won't, it won't happen because, because they're not going to call him up. There's incompetence happening lately. Anyway, they're not going to call him up, unfortunately. Second, second but hey, you know what? I think you know, Ben Court has done enough to at least show that hey, you you could play consistently, and even if you're not hitting well, that you at least seem pretty competent where 
I think the biggest thing, and it was, uh, we'll talk about it later. He can play first. That's the biggest exactly. Thing. He can play first, and first is very easy. Tell him watch. Uh, but Austin Allen couldn't play first. There wasn't much versatility with him. His bat has been pretty not good throughout the year. Yeah. And uh, in terms of his defense, it's like, well, you got Murph as our Gold Glove winning catcher. You got another stud that's going to be in the pipes pretty much. So just it, it wasn't going to work. We'll, we'll see if he comes back. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome back, Cap. James Caprillion made his first start of the season on Sunday. Uh, wasn't the greatest of starts. It looks like he had some issues with uh, pitch command. But the biggest yeah, thing is... Yeah, he just had some control issues. Yeah, control issues, which I think we all kind of expected that to happen. Uh, but hey, you know what? He, he made it back up. Hopefully this is just a start. They definitely needed it. Adam Muller got to back to Vegas, which I know... We're kind of both a little relieved after seeing what he did the first month. And, you know, I would be shocked if we see him again at some point this season. But get to reps and boy. Last but not least, Ramon Watch. Ramon is it- due to be coming back in a few more weeks. Uh, I don't have this exact date in front of me. So he's been taking... I think it's May 8th. Oh, crap. That's next week. Uh, yeah. He's been taking some... He's already played six games in Vegas. And... Uh... Let's not look too into it. Let's just say that. He's hitting 143. He's six. He hasn't played ball in a year. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is three for 21. Uh, he's gotten a double. He's walked three times. He struck out five times. He's gotten two steals, which is really nice. But let's not forget he killed it in spring, though. Exactly. I think it's he hasn't played competitive ball in almost a year. Where yeah. I think kind of being some stuff. But Ramon Watch, that's... Uh, you're, or this week's edition of Ramon Watch brought to you by Chris Martinez. No, 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 save that. No, save that. That's a sponsor for Player of the Week. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Julio. Give the program. Bro. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Everybody who's listening, tweet at Julio. Give the program. At, hashtag. At, give hashtag give the program, Julio. Yeah. Boom. Um, One thing about Cap. Just real quick. Re- recap. See what I did there. Um. It could be worse. You could be Alex Cobb, and you could have thrown 46 pitches um, on Sunday and got taken out the first inning, 46 pitches in one inning, and half of them were balls. I don't think Cap's ball-to-strike ratio was quite that bad. So We were watching it. We were watching the – my buddy Sean is over here watching the Warriors game. We had the Giants game up on, on TV number three. And it was brutal to watch. He fucking was walking everybody. 22 balls. Corn cop TV, baby. It's corn cop TV. We can move on. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back, and we're going to do um, first month uh, review of the season. Did you have something to say, Julio? Because you were raising your hand. No. I was going to see if you got oh, the yeah. corn cop TV reference. I did not. Sorry. A, you want to explain it before we go to break? I think you should leave. The second season, it's the first episode oh, with Coffin Drop. Oh, yes. Corn Cop TV. Yes. Yes. Classic TV show. Honestly, second season was a little disappointing, but we can but, talk yeah, about it. Yeah, but it was worth it for Corn Cop break. TV. Yeah. We'll talk about it after the break. All right. This is going to be the first month in the books. We're going to review 
the season. I don't I don't really have I don't have a better opening for that. I wasn't creative enough. The month in review. Fly. It's the review of the first month of Oakland A's baseball. Which That was pretty Adam, much it's as you know what, you exciting know as what I did. Screw you. Screw you, man. Don't I'm I was hoping you would save me on that one. Don't be mad at me. The month in review. All right. There's nothing. Anyways, we're going to talk about the first Julio, month. Julio, what are your first thoughts after the first month of the A's season? It could have been worse. Oh, it could have been way worse. I'm 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 pretty um satisfied if you like to be honest. At the end of the yes, ab, uh, yes, I think that's a good way to put it. At the end of the day, considering the circumstances, uh, considering everything that's happened in this the first month of the season so far for this team, including, you know, trading your opening day starter like a week before opening day. Yeah, that sucked. Not bad. Not bad. So, yeah. um Obviously, there's some good and bad, so Chris and I can talk about what has worked well in our opinions, what hasn't worked well. Uh, do you want to go bad first, or do you want to go good first? Uh, I'm going to go, let's go... What doesn't work? What doesn't work, yeah. So we're going to uh, do a Sandy from Greece. No, never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to go that Greece reference. Don't we have a segment called it, What Works and What Doesn't? We have Fix It. We got to fix it, that's right. We kind of gave no, up on just... the... A consistent segment idea but yeah i like this more fun it's more it's more a little more a little more authentic yeah organic anyways all right so what doesn't work for you what's the first thing the defense is terrible yeah 21 errors to start the season they are tied in the major league lead for errors look we understand i think everybody knew when you trade two of the best defensive players in baseball there was going to be some there was going to be growing pains there. We we completely understand. But Elvis has not – is just falling apart as a baseball player in terms of you defense. You know what help our defense? Nick Allen. Just play him every day. I Play him every day. What are we going to do? Like, are you – what trade value – look, I love Elvis – I do think he needs to be on this team. He should stay there for veteran leadership, all this stuff. I, I really believe in that. But at the same time, why why is he in their lineup every day? But what is but he where have would you that? Play, where would you play Elvis? I don't I don't want to play him at second. I'd rather have Kemp at second. Give him more days off, defender. dude. But like, what are we doing here? Like, are we trying to increase his trade value? What trade value? The guy doesn't have anything right now, unfortunately. Like, I want him to, but yeah, he's a big part of that. Yeah. Um, Chad Pinder being hurt for two weeks didn't help the outfield defense. Piscotty also being out, too, because we saw some, yeah. for the lack of better words. Seth Brown's fine, but he's not a good defensive player. For uh, for the lack of better words, and I feel like this is a great analogy for it, we've had some slap dick, slap dick defense in left and right field this season so far. Yeah. Pache's been Pache's awesome. putting on a fucking clinic in center. Oh, he's, oh, he might want to go go if he keeps Ooh. going. But, yeah. It's, that's different. I mean, Mickey Mack wasn't great out there. I mean, what was – there was a specific play two weeks ago that I texted you about where it just like – was it against the Phillies or something like that? The ball just went like straight over his head and he didn't even like try and make a play on it. And he was like – it was it was like a, against the wall. It went off the wall and he like was jogging to the to the fly ball. I don't, I don't even remember who it was, but it was fucking disgraceful. Now, do you think that a little bit of that has to deal with just – learning to play in the Coliseum where that was, that wasn't in the Coliseum. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, okay. But no, 
Yeah, the, the, I'm sure. You're this... talking about the wind, the wind swirling in the outfield and shit. The, yeah. Look, the, at the end of the day, this is going to change because once Ramon comes back, cool, that's going to be a consistent glove over there and right, and then you're going to have Pinder consistently in left, Piscotti mm-hmm. on the rotation. But we've talked about a few weeks ago when we were going to this first baseman by committee, and it just seems like there's no real, like stand out so far i'm like yeah this person should at least be consistently playing first base as defense and that's kind of my concern right now is like there's no solution who can be a consistent first baseman um and let's see that that's my first that's my first thing that hasn't worked i don't love it the defense is not good the the infield in general hasn't really been consistent except for elvis at shortstop unfortunately like it's really weird like i tony kemp should just play every day at second base like if we need him in the outfield for like Injuries or something like that, that's fine. But he should just play there every day at second base because he's a stud over there. Nick Allen should be playing fucking shortstop. And Sheldon Noisy should be playing third. Enough of this Kevin Smith bullshit. Kevin Smith can be a nice little bench piece. But Sheldon Noisy on both ends of the ball is clearly our best third baseman. He's probably our best player right now all around. He is. To be honest with you. He is. There's no argument right now. so it's just like obviously first base we got to figure out. They tried noisy at the first base yesterday. He made some pretty bad errors. He's clearly just not comfortable. It's a completely different side of the diamond. He didn't really have many, many reps there in the off season. So maybe that's a thing for next season. But like there just needs to be consistency. There's no consistency in the infield whatsoever. I wonder what Nate Freiman is up to right now. <laughs> big old six seven Nick. Dude, Nick. he was so big. He should have been just smacking about the park left and right, but he wasn't. I never understood. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, what is your first bad thing of the season? The four hole hitter. The thing uh, I've been complaining about yeah. for weeks to you. It's a joke. Okay, so please explain to me the logic on having a a player who came in a week before the season, who was DFA'd by half the teams in Major League Baseball. And has, is currently hitting 119. Why are we hitting him at number four? Guess who that player is? Billy McKinney. Why is he hitting four, like, regularly? I don't understand it. I don't see the pop. I don't see the consistency. It's like, we, r- regularly, Kemp, Noisy, and Murph, like, it feels like every time they come up to bat, those three, at least one of them gets on base. And nine times out of ten, one of them gets in a scoring position because, like, let's say Kemp goes up to hit and Noisy will move him up. Or let's say Kemp goes to hit, Noisy gets it, strikes out or something like that, grounds out, and Murph moves up. Like, it, it feels like we, whenever those three get up to bat, because they're just, they've been so good at the beginning of the season, one of them gets in scoring position. And then, like, McKinney fucks up by hitting a ground ball and into a double play. And then there's one out, and we got, like, a runner on third. At least lately. The first, like, two weeks of the season, this wasn't the case. They were hitting really well. And then, like, Seth Brown comes to the bat, and he strikes out. And then that's the end of the inning. It's like, why are we why are we wasting these fucking spots in the order with fucking mediocre? Not, like, I don't even know what to call them. I don't want to be mean, but they're just not, like, McKinney is, like, so terrible. Like, I don't understand why he's on this roster. Chris has gone full... And I apologize, McKinney. I'm, this is, it's not, I mean, I guess it is personal, but like, you know, it's part of the job. It's part of the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a part of the, the job that we get for you. It's just State so Farm frustrating to watch. Every time he comes with the bat, I just like, I want to fucking bang my head against the wall. I have a couple times. 
You should just have like a height, like a uh, a fake, like a wall graph of looks like a your head in the there. I I don't get it. I I really don't get. It seems like they are starting to get some consistently. Like the last few lineups, Smurf has been hitting four. I love to see Pinder up there hitting four more often. He's totally right? got the pop there. Uh, you know, Pache Pache would be nice. Pache's had some big games. He's, I, he's not consistent, but he's had some big games. If I had to say a more of a uh, to add on to yours when it's just you know critiques of the lineup, I think Pache. I'm at the point of this of this year where there's no expectations. We just want to see what a lot of these guys can do, and even if he, I know he's not hitting well, put Pache at the top of the lineup, man. Get that guy yeah. as many reps as possible. Let him learn behind TK to become like an actual, like a consistent leadoff hitter. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating me is, you know, maybe we'll see the Slater down the line after a couple of these guys are going to be gone. But it's like, that's what should be happening. It's like, this is a year where we're going to be learning. We're, we're going to be growing. And maybe because like, they still think they can be competitive right now. And that's where they're not that they have their best chance of winning was with him at the bottom lineup. But I don't, yeah, it's weird. The four hole, if, it'll if, be fun. If, if, if we like, and here's the thing too, like, uh, I, the only thing I could think of is like, they're trying to tank. So they're trying to be bad, but like, I mean, Melissa Lockhart said it on this podcast. Like once you get past like the top five to seven, like picks in the draft, it's pretty much all the same. Like, there's no, like, real standouts and talent. So, like, tanking is not going to do us any good. So why don't we, we get the young guys in there who we want to, like, develop and, like, let let them actually have a shot. Like, Shay Langeliers, let's bring them up and give them some at-bats. Put them in the four-hole. Like, what are we what are we doing? If we're going to commit to this rebuild, like, let's commit to the rebuild. It It's fucking stupid. On to my first good thing, which is kind of going to be contradictory of what we just talked about. Uh, I liked how diverse and versatile this lineup is. I <laughs> even though I, I just, liked it the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, even though I, we just kind of crapped on it, but at least defensively, yeah, that's a mess. But offensively, I like kind of the plug and play of a lot of these guys, whether that's for good or for bad, because that's kind of how they learn how to play. Um, but it's like cool. Well, we're going against somebody who is terrible against left-handed pitching. Well, cool. We're going to throw, you know, TK and and vote well when he's healthy in the lineup and kind of make them work around that. It's like, oh, we just need some speed. All right, cool. Well, we're going to put TK in there. We'll put, you know, Pache a little higher in the lineup so we can kind of get on base a little bit more. Um, and there's a lot of you know, moving parts with it. It kind of taped off a little bit. I think this whole team has in this last week, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but there's definitely some some potential that like plug and play guys was working a little bit for Kotze, and I appreciate that. He's especially for somebody like him who he's learning on the fly right now. Uh, he's got Brad Ausmus on the coach to kind of train him a little bit or on the bench. But I think in terms of that, I'm just kind of seeing like, all right, this is what we have in front of me for the day. What are the best places to set up? Or what are the best pieces to kind of plug and play with that? It's worked well in some aspects, except when it's Billy McKinney. Uh, the only like explanation I can think of for Billy McKinney at four is is like he's a lefty, but like you have switch hitters, you could put fucking you could put fucking Jed Lauer there. I'd rather have Jed Lauer than fucking McKinney. 
Ugh. Anyway. Uh, my thing that's worked, uh, just Sheldon Noisy, and I want to say I'm taking a lap, uh, a couple laps around the bases in this one because Loud I fucking noises. called that. Um, he's our best player of the season. He's hitting 330 or something like that. He's got a fucking huge home run yesterday. It feels like he gets a, a hit, like, every game. I think he, like, does. Um, he's reliable. He gets big hits when guys are on base, too, in, in big, big innings. Like, the guy is amazing. I really, like I said, big Max Muncy energy. I really think that he could be a building block for the future. I like him a lot. Like, I, I, look, I know Zach Geloff has been killing it in minors, but like, he's like three, two or three years away and Noisy's doing it in the big leagues right now. So I don't know. We, there, we need to find a spot for the dude. He's fucking great. Maybe move him to second. I don't know. You're on mute, bro. He's 27. So uh, by the time a lot of these guys will come up, he can kind of be like, you know, the grizzled vet in a way. He he could kind of be what I get, well, you know, I don't want to go too far in that assessment. What Marcus was? Yeah, no, yeah, for real. Like that was going to say, I'm glad you read my mind. Where, you know, Marcus was here a couple years in Oakland already, and then that's when Ollie Chapman got called up. So there, yeah. that's where the comparison's at. And, hey, I think we've all seen what he could do because of what mm-hmm. he was able to do in the minors and maybe just going down to Dodger Stadium and learning from those guys for a little bit helped tune his game. So I'm, we're all rooting for him. I hope my prediction is wrong, saying that James Caprillion was going to be the A's lone all-star. I'm hoping it's going to be Sheldon Noisy. Yeah, and let's not forget, people. He was a an A's top prospect when he was here. He just got the sh- again. He just got the shit end of the stick. I said this a couple weeks weeks ago. He got the shit end of the stick. He was playing. He plays third base, which is where the future best third baseman in the league was playing. And you know he goes over the Dodgers because you know the A's have Chapman, they're investing Chapman, so like there's just no room for noisy. Like you know he's 25 years old and he's still in the minors. Like something wrong with that. And he's hitting home runs like every fucking day. So he goes over over the Dodgers, and what do you got at the Dodgers? The most stacked team in like the history of Major League Baseball. They've got Justin Turner over there. They've got Chris Taylor who can play third base. He doesn't play third base all the time, but he can play third base. They got Max Muncy. They have all these guys. So yeah, he's not going to get a chance there. He just had to really shit in the stick, you know. Sometimes play like we're, I was talking about this with the draft. Um, my buddy Brad with the draft this past week. Like, it's crazy how many like stud players in college just like end up being bust in the NFL because the fit is just not right. And that was Sheldon Noisy's like life for first three years in the majors he just was not it just he got the shitty end of the stick he wasn't a good fit where he went but now it's great it's it's a great fit and he's our best player it's great we really actually this is a bit of a toss-up of a trade so the rate the reason we we got sheldon noisy we got him along with jesus Luzardo and blake trinan for sean doolittle and ryan Matson. i think that's a win-win that's a major win-win trade yeah wait what were the first two Sorry. Uh, Noisy and Lazardo. Oh, yeah. That's a win. win uh, you know, Doolittle became an all-star, helped win a World Series. Matson had some, yeah. some quality time. Uh, so, what hasn't worked? They are terrible at home. Yeah, that Holy makes no sense. How The A's no are 3-8 and eight at home so far in the season. Uh, let me make sure I'm doing the right the math right there. Um, it's very evident that a lot of these 
uh, guys who haven't don't have a ton of playing time or big league time are aware of uh, how big the Coliseum plays. Yeah. If you want to account for, you know, they actually scored eight runs on um, on Friday against Cleveland, but then Saturday one run, Sunday three runs, Monday today one run, um, te- uh, Texas last week two runs, the day before it got shut out, the day before one run. Um, whether it's because, hey, this is actually what this team actually is, they're going to be a little inconsistent offensively throughout the year. We'll see, but if they head out when they, um, we have can talk about it with the coming schedule, but they're going to be in Minnesota this coming week. The following week, they're going to be in Detroit. If we see that they are able to go out there and actually consistently perform offensively, there's got to be some conversations ahead. I'm like, okay, well, what are you, and that's something that I think um, about the coaching staff will have to do is like, what is your philosophy where you're hitting it? so wrong in Oakland, but you can hit it everywhere else. And if there's anybody who knows how to hit better than in Oakland than anybody else, it'll be Mark Kotze and Jed Lowry. Like the guys who've been playing, played crap. They've probably played at least a thousand games in Oakland at this point in their career. Maybe. Yeah. Again, Jed Lowry easily. You kidding me? Actually, take that Jed back. Lowry? At least, at least five hundred. They've at least played five hundred games in Oakland each. Well, Jed Larry, think about the. I mean, Jed Larry's had three stints with the A's. That's still you're, that means he's doing. Let's say he's hitting at least. He's playing at least sixty games in Oakland a year. Across, no, I, I guess I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, so I didn't. I didn't think about it in that way, where it's like it's half the schedule. It's yeah, but but, but yeah, yeah. besides the point, I think that's something I'd love to see in the coming season or this coming month. Is okay. How are you gonna? Are you gonna start teaching these guys to adapt to hitting in this coliseum where Kevin Smith was able to have the benefit of hitting in a fr- hitter's friendly park in Toronto? Same thing with Pache. Same thing with um, that's pretty much the main new guys who are hitting consistently. But yeah. yeah. They stink at home. Figure out a way to fix it, please. Uh, mine is uh. Oh my god, I'm totally blanking. I I I don't I don't I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't I honestly don't have a second one. I just really I just went all in on that on that first one. You could you want to keep using this time to talk about Billy McKinney? <laughs> Yeah, it's honestly, I was just like so ready to just go on that insane rant about. Billy you, uh, you'll get. Yeah, you know what, Billy McKinney? That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. I, at first, I would I said the four hole hitter. Now I'm just gonna say it. it's fucking Billy McKinney. It's. I mean, that guy. I just. Does he like have dirt on Mark Kotze? Is that what's going on here? Like, do, like, did he witness a murder? I'm just so confused. I, I, we don't have to do this again. I. It's fine. But. It, um, I have a positive. We want to move on to positives. Take it away. All right, last positive for me. Um, oh, the the young pitchers are have been really impressive in, in my opinion. Uh, Dalton Jeffries and and Cole Irvin. I mean, Cole, you know, it's it's his second year, so I guess it's a little bit different. But he started off exactly where he left last year, like just very consistent, very in command of 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 the game. Um, you know, gets gets out of like tough innings when he needs to um Dalton Jeffries has he looks like a veteran out there on the mound like he just he has same thing he has such control of the game 
today was not a very good example, but his offense kind of like let him down a little bit. Um, we'll see what what James Caprillion does moving forward. You know, he had a tough start, but it was command issues. So hopefully he can bounce back. But the main two young guys have been really impressive. Frankie is classic Frankie. He's has an amazing start, and then he fucking has just a epic crash and burn. He's just so inconsistent. Uh, let's not even get into Adam Oler. He was just an absolute mess. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've been really impressed with with Dalton and and or Cole Irvin and Paul Blackburn's been amazing. Yeah, but uh, but I, we don't. I I feel like I mean he's not a young guy though, so. And we don't need to talk about him. We all know he's been amazing. He's he, we've been gloating about him on this podcast. For, he's been our best pitcher. Gloating about him on this podcast for years. But he's not a young guy. I just I'm I'm impressed with how how uh, uh, mature Cole and Dalton look on the mound. So that was that absolutely was my, love it. My big one. Uh, my last final good thing I want to talk about is the bullpen. The pen has been great to start so this season. Good. Really good. Actually, I knew you were going to pick that one, so that's why I didn't pick thank that. Thank you. One. You know I love me a good bullpen. Um, but yeah, they they actually they they pretty much shut out the Rays tonight Dude. after Jeffries um, you know kind of had didn't have after you just plead, praised him. He didn't have the best start tonight and uh, but that's okay. But they've looked that was really the good. Bad one of the whole season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. AJ Puck has looked really good. His velo is starting yeah. to tick up a little bit. I'm really Danny Jimenez, diamond in the rough, dude. Where the fuck did he come from? An ERA of zero in the first dude, month. Um, and I, that was when he started closing. I was like, "What the fuck? Who is this guy?" Yeah, I don't think Lou Trevino's getting his job back, and I don't think you should. Seeing how well no, Danny's fuck been there. no, he shouldn't. Um, Hell no, and he shouldn't be the setup man. We should keep Puck there. But yeah, Puck is awesome. I think there's. I think at some point, Pucks will be in the rotation. At yeah, I hope yeah. they just kind of get that Pete. Keep getting that pitch kind of up. Keep getting that there, and he'll be ready because he's looked really good this so far. I really like Kirby Sneed. Sam Mole, the freaking Mole Man. Dude, Sam Love Mole's it. been Adam, uh, I was going to say Adam Ottavino. Adam Kolarik has looked really well. They have, these arms are finally coming together. So, yeah, uh, you know, huge shout-out to Marcus Jensen. And the, uh, Acevedo's been good, too. Uh, Acevedo, all those guys have been good. All those guys have been good. Guys been good. Marcus Jensen did a great job of helping manage his bullpen. Murph has really shown his leadership with helping a lot of these kind of um, people who've really either don't have much big league experience or are just kind of diamond in the rough, like Danny Jimenez. We didn't really talk. What do you, what do you think that the change has been with Murph calling games from last year, this year? Cause we were complaining about his game calling last year. Cause it was an issue. Like he clearly, there was pitchers on the staff that did not like him catching their games. Like, I mean, Sean Manai was one. You, well, we traded them. <laughs> we tra- they traded the guys who didn't like, uh, yeah, but what what is, it, what is it about these guys that, that he connects with? Do you think it's like these are the guys that he caught back in the minors, so it's just kind of like the feel, like there's a history there or something? I wouldn't be shocked with that aspect, especially with like Jeffries and Puck, um, where they've been pitching together. pitching. You know, They've been a battery unit for years at this point. Um, but it's And I know Murph and, and Cole had some familiarity last year. Uh, but he's honestly, we, uh, he won a gold glove last year. We know how good he is defensively. But I think the one thing that's really talked about a little bit on was on the radio broadcast. I can't remember who said it. But they were just talking about like he's becoming actually a lot more comfortable with like framing pitches as well. And hey, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you frame pitches? Uh, you get calls that you shouldn't be getting and you boost the confidence of your pitchers. So 
kudos to him. I hope they continue to maintain this, and I, I hope that Puck is going to be in the rotation at some point. Maybe that'll think be it's also this month. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't. I mean, I don't know where he would fit in though. Who would? You, who would? I don't. Wouldn't want to take out any of the guys. Yeah, that's true. I think though, really. All... I think the only the only possibility is if Frankie gets traded. Yeah, which I I don't think he's going to get traded to the deadline. It seems. Yeah. If you if you all, didn't... all these guys have been so good and consistent, I don't want to take any of them out of the rotation. If you were going to trade him, you should have done it like right at the beginning of April. Yeah. Now you're at the point where it's it's too late. You're better off just waiting till we get to July and see if something turns. So, hey, you yeah. know what? Uh, do do you think? Do you hold on? Do you think that part of it with Manaya was Manaya's so like loose and like you know silly? And I've heard Murph is very business intense. Do you think that was part of it? Maybe. No, I, I don't want to speculate. I'm a very like carefree, loose person. So when I like work with people who are like intense and like fucking. I, it just kind of like rubs me the wrong way. Oh, well, we already have a couple catchers, but watch Austin Allen end up with the Padres. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because just because it's like, oh, yeah. here, Bowman's like, Sean, you remember this guy? You knew him well. But hey, you know what? I think this exercise kind of just showed us that there is some stuff that we really like with this team, and uh, let's hope that for the rest of the season they can ma- help maintain a little bit of that, and for the stuff we don't like, fix it. Throw back to the old. Yeah. Alrighty, folks. All right, Julio. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right. So it's time to pick our player of the week. Player of the week is brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm agent of Walnut Creek. If you would like a quote, um, uh, give Chris a call to get a quote on your uh, um, automobile, home, or life insurance. You can call him at 925-266-8997 or check out his website, www.agentchrismartinez.com. Come, let him know that the Town Tailgate guys sent you his way. These are getting more and more legit. Yeah. Julio, who's your, who's your player of the week? It's going down. I'm yelling Pinder. Nice. Yeah. Chad Pinder has looked really well since he's come back from the IL. Uh, this past week, he went 5 for 11. Uh, you know, just a slot below 500. He was the A's sole run. Of the uh, one thing shutout of the Giants, he also made history that day. He became the first player in A's history, dating back to Kansas City and Philadelphia, to be the only run in a winning game where he it was a leadoff home run. Never happened in nice. the 120 plus years history of this franchise. So, <laughs> baseball weird shit happens history. all the time. Yeah. So, Chad Pender. Player of the week. Welcome back, buddy. Good job, Chad. Chad. Chad's such a white boy name. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. No offense, Chad Pinder. I just I had I saw the opportunity and I had to go for it. All right, mine is gonna be. It's pretty obvious. Um, I've been deep throwing them all episode. Sheldon Noisy. Um, last seven games he has is hitting 300. He's got a home run, eight hits. One orange run, um, only eight strikeouts. Um, he's been just dominant. He's been our best player all season, hands down. He made some errors at first base yesterday, but first base is not his bag. See what I did there? Bag, base, you know, stealing the bag. Okay. Bag. Hold on. I thought it, I thought it was mildly clever. Anyway, 
Um, third base is a spot for him. So uh, shout out to Sheldon. Um, heavy Max Munch- Muncy injury energy coming to the A's again. Um, it's been great. We should get that on a shirt. Heavy Max Max Muncy energy. Max Muncy energy. Uh, the upcoming schedule. We are recording this Monday night, May second. They just wrapped up their first game against the Tampa Bay Rays, in which they lost six one. Uh, they have a game tomorrow and Wednesday against these Tampa Bay Rays in Oakland. Uh, right afterwards, they'll be flying. They get the off day on Thursday where they'll be playing the Minnesota Twins, who have actually been uh, really hot in the last uh, few last weeks. So we get to see our old nemesis for the first time in Twins gear, Mr. Carlos Correa. We might see an old friend with uh, Sonny Gray pitching in the American League. So, Chris, we heard what's going on. Now it's time to go to the essential tools of the week last week i chose danny jimenez as my essential tool because hey trevino's coming back let's see what he can do and he was great he only pitched in two innings but he did record a save uh no earned runs you only give up two hits no walks so good for you danny keep it up and chris say, you picked an easy one i thought that was bullshit but whatever no, whatever uh chris you just just went salty. the road less traveled you chose steven piscotti <laughs> and um, oh. and not a great week he went one for ten um, get him next time, big guy. Chris, I keep getting pretty ballsy with these picks, and uh, they're just not panning out for me. That's the sound of it not panning out for you. Well, let's keep that trend going. Yeah. Who's gonna pan out for you this week? Billy McKinney. No, fuck no, I'm not picking <laughs> Billy McKinney. That's not happening. Um, uh, mine's gonna be Christian Pache because. Uh, I think he needs to ride the momentum of being the fan favorite of the of last week and like all this stuff, and uh, really like step it up with the bat. Um, he's he's when he's good, he's good and he's fun to watch. But he's got to be more consistent, and we could use his help at the top of the order. So Christian Pache, get it. You're muted, my guy. Get it, get it, get it. <laughs> I should have said. What's muted. the podcast over under per episode? Um, how many times I have to tell you mute? I think it's one, but this time is two. So, for the listeners, if you bet the over, good job. Good job. Uh, I am going with Dalton Jeffries. You gave up six nice. runs tonight. Not a great outing. And then uh, and not everybody's perfect, Julio. And then his previous start again. He was going against Carlos Rodon. So you can only do so much. Yeah. But he gave up five runs against the Giants as well. Uh, Wilmer Flores really just tore him up. How, back. It's like, how do you lose to somebody named Wilmer? Come on. The Giants are, like, really good, so, like... His name's Wilmer. No. Like, the... Again, the Giants are like really the, good. The stupid... Wilmer Flores is also really good. Like I don't know why the stupid pig from Charlotte's Web. From Charlotte's Web. Hmm. Oh, wow. it's Wilbur. Sorry, I got corrected in the back. Wilbur. If you didn't know that, it's Wilbur. Damn! Uh, our, that, our third Whitney. host coming in Thanks, again. Thanks, Whitney. Uh, but yeah, Dalton Jeffries. Uh, I think he's looked really good to start the season. The last it's couple. It's fucking Wilbur, you idiot! Oh my god, I know. I just Wilbur that Flores. I'm gonna call him that then. He's. I'm going to the Giants Dodgers game tomorrow. Wilbur at Dodger Stadium, and I'm just gonna yell every time he's at bat. Wilbur Flores. And then start doing like a a pig. Like Charlotte, oh Charlotte. You can't really like, very loudly though. Otherwise, you'll like fucking blow a lung or something. I like it, you know. Something worse from Valley Peter. Anyways, uh, Dalton Jeffries. Cyan dark. <laughs> getting very dark today, yes, Julio. We're not, we're not. We're there. Uh, Dalton Jeffries. We're not a kid's show. I say fuck all the time. Exactly. Anyway, you, I'm sorry, you just ahead. said deep throating 
I know. Sean you know, Sheldon. That's like my favorite thing to say when it comes to like, you know. Obsession? Like, yeah, just people like, you know, being all over something or someone. Standing? It's a good reference. When people hear it, they know exactly what I'm talking about. That's true. It took me a while and when standing first came out. I'm like, what are they talking? I'm like, oh. It's not like a negative condensation either. Like, you know, I, people like that. <laughs> Don Jeffries, essential <laughs> silicate tool of the week. Hope you get a bounce back start. Uh, all right. Let's, we can end the podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. We tweet stuff. Uh, mostly Julio. I had to take over on Friday, though, because uh, Julio was in an escape room. And he escaped. Good job. We did it. Yeah, I was worried he wasn't, and then I would have to run the Twitter full time. We won the, we beat the Jumanji escape Man, room. we would have been canceled for sure. This is the guy who says deep throat on the podcast the whole time. Um, uh, any, any, anything else? Julio? What am I missing? Yeah, follow us go on Twitter. Let's go, let's go, fucking Dubs. God, I'm so worried, baby. Dude, Dude Jordan Poole, through my body. He has arrived. He has arrived. 30, dude, you see his stat line? 31, 9, and 8 last night. He was 50% from three. It was fucking wild. He's that guy. Uh, gotta bust out the He's old, a star, dude. Bust out the old reliable box. He's a star, man. How come nobody right. liked that meme? And it's the old reliable box, and it's GP2, Auto Porter, and Looney. They're just, every time they go out there, I'm like, you're doing Honestly, that. you Honestly, you sent you it to me when I was like, mid like i was working on something last night like super late and i just like looked at it and put it down it's for okay for the listeners it's not important anyway we have a group chat about the warriors he sent this meme um but yeah all right uh last but not least julio <laughs> let's go oakland and warriors Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork thank you so much for listening everybody please tune in next week please subscribe and last but not least as we always say let's go oakland